Hello, and welcome to In All Things, a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, a global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian Churches. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the EPC. Our prayer is that God uses Dean and his guests to both inform and inspire you about how God is working in and through the EPC. The motto of our family of churches is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you, Rachel. As always, appreciate your kind introduction. And uh, thank you to everyone else who's tuning in again. We've hit uh, a milestone here recently, folks. We've got over a thousand downloads as we're really just getting started in this new ministry called In All Things, a podcast for the EPC. The word is getting out and you've been helping us with that. And so thank you very much. We'd like to keep those downloads going. And so uh, remember, if you find these episodes helpful to you, we hope that you'll share them with your friends, family, and coworkers, especially on your social media. We're excited to make a, a bit of a, uh, we're making a transition in our time in this podcast where uh, early on we did a lot by way of introducing different ministries in the office of the General Assembly to help our congregations, members, pastors, elders become familiar with the ministry and work of the EPC, particularly the office of the General Assembly. And we'll probably come back and do more of that from time to time with either follow-up interviews uh, as it relates to church planting or world outreach or church health or effective biblical leadership, any one of the, the four strategic priorities embedded in our vision statement. But we're trying to branch out at this time to do a little bit more by welcoming different authors and people in the EPC who've contributed resources that might be beneficial for you personally, for your sessions, or for your congregations. And we do have a number of authors in the EPC who have written books. In recent podcasts, we've talked with uh, Garrett Dawson, the First Presbyterian Church of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, senior pastor. He's written a great book called Raising Adam. It has a number of books. The Blessed Life is also very, very good. And then has some resources available for this upcoming Lenten season. Uh, we've talked with uh, Roger Woodworth, and he has uh, written a book called Playing Favorites, which has to do with helping us step in biblically and pastorally into this very difficult discussion around race and ethnicity. And today we're excited to have with us on the podcast, Hector Reynoso. And Hector is uh, an EPC teaching elder. He pastors Genesis Church in Mercedes, Texas. And I don't know this for a fact, but I think Mercedes might be the southernmost EPC church in the continental United States. I think uh, our churches in Puerto Rico would probably be a little further south, but uh, I haven't pulled out the map to, to check that to be sure. But it's certainly in the continental United States, I think Genesis is, is right there. It's deep in the heart of Texas. And uh, Genesis itself is a great story, which I hope Hector will share a little bit more with us. Hector is also the new moderator of uh, one of our presbyteries, the Presbyteries of the Gulf South. And today we are going to drill down on a new discipleship resource that Hector has created, and we'd like to get this out to as many people as possible that would be helpful to. It's called Walking with Jesus Family Discipleship, and uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, Hector, I want to welcome you to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Dean. Muchas gracias. It is a joy to be with you and with the EPC. 
and uh, it is a joy to be with you again. It, uh, every time I get the chance to be with you, I was just attending the Presbytery of the Gulf South meeting, your first time moderating, and uh, I thought you did a spectacular job. I was just, it's always a joy to be together. Thank you. It was such a blessing to be installed as moderator and having you present. That was just glorious. I yeah. thank the Lord, and I, I was just, I was thrilled that you were there. It was an honor. Well, Hector, help our audience to get to know you a little bit. Give us a little bit of your background, married, family, uh, how you came to faith, and a little bit of your calling into the ministry and the the particular context at Genesis where the Lord has you right now. Could you give us a a little bit of a background to get to know you? I was originally born in Mexico. My parents are from Mexico. I came to the United States when I was a teenager. I have been here ever since. I was a permanent resident. I am now a citizen of the United States. I have been married for almost 22 years. And my wife, her name is Carmen. She is originally from Puerto Rico. And my daughter, we have one daughter. Her name is Bella. She was born in Texas. Between Mexico and Puerto Rico and Texas, you really have the bases covered there. Yes, yes. Uh, We used to call Bella uh, Mexican. She's sexy Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious, is her Spanish more Mexican or more Puerto Rican? Oh, it's becoming more Texan. See, Texans have their own Spanish, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But uh, how about your coming to faith and and your call to the ministry? I was born into a Christian home, raised in the gospel. I became aware at some point by the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ had died for me, that he took my place, that he redeemed me. I was young. I cannot say the age. But by the age of 13, uh, that's when the Lord called me into ministry through the Gospel of John. John chapter 21, when Jesus is speaking with Peter, and he asks him, Peter, do you love me? And through that scripture, as I was reading, the Lord spoke to me. And uh, at the time, I was beginning to study music, piano. And I, I, I answered to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I will follow you, and I will become a pastor. But first, allow me to be a concert pianist. So I studied music. And when I was graduating from getting my master's in piano, when I was grown up, uh, the, the call to ministry was just so strong that I went to seminary, got my MDiv, and soon after that, I was ordained. And here I am trying to serve the Lord as best as I can. Now, do you keep up with uh, your gifting in the piano? Oh, yes. I wake up every day at five something in the morning to practice. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so jealous. Uh, the only thing I can play is the radio. I, I, I have no musical <laughs> ability. That must be some sweet time with the Lord, just the two of you alone with the piano. That would be wonderful. In this past Presbyterian meeting, somebody, I can't remember who, read John 21. So I was reminded of my call, that God's call to me, Christ's call to me into ministry. At this past Presbyterian meeting again, it was just so powerful. I did not associate it at all with being a moderator, but with being called to, into ministry. Have you written any music as someone who had a calling not only to the ministry, but has this passion as a concert pianist? Have you had the chance to write any hymns or any music that would be used for worship? I do compose uh, some worship songs that we sometimes sing at church. 
I do piano arrangement. So I actually have some some on the on YouTube. And maybe we can get you uh, to lead us in worship sometime at a general assembly. What do you think? That that sounds like an awesome plan. I'm not a, I'm not such a good singer though. Oh well, I, I'm afraid I can't help you there. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about Hector. You've just become the moderator of the Presbytery of the Gulf South. For those who are listening who maybe have never been to a Presbytery meeting or I'm not even sure what a presbytery is. What's involved in being the moderator? What what do you do? What does that mean? And what's the the significance of that for you now as you step into that form of service? A moderator moderates. The moderator keeps the meeting moderate, keeps it balanced, keeps it going, and tries to keep it peaceful. To me, it is a very very special very special appointment here. Um, when I was in the former denomination, I was actually, um, I was a vice moderator candidate. Okay. I did, didn't make it at all, <laughs> but it, that experience changed my life to the point that uh, once I realized everything was going on because of that, we ended up leaving our denomination. So that totally changed my life. So in a way, I feel like I am really humbled to be the moderator of the Presbytery. It brings back memories some very painful memories, but at the end, I feel uh, healed. Mm. And I just praise the Lord that I that he thought of me to do this, that he chose me to do this. And I just humbly accept it, but I know I do not deserve it at all. There seems to be the Lord's very sweet providence in this, Hector, that it would bring you healing is, uh, is, is uh, extra grace that is so sweet. But I can tell you from moderated many meetings myself. Uh, you did a great job. The Presbytery is very uh, responsive to your leadership, and I think the Lord is going to bless you and the Presbytery of the Gulf South as you continue to serve him in this way. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, one of the things that came up at the Presbytery meeting, Hector, is you shared something the Lord has put on your heart actually for years, and you have spent a considerable amount of time particularly during this COVID season, uh, working on a discipleship gift to the church. The title is Walking with Jesus, Family Discipleship. I'm just wondering if you could give our listeners uh, a little bit of background as what led you to, to write this resource, and then we'll dig in a little bit more as to what it is, how it can be used, and uh, why it would be uh, advantageous for people to uh, utilize it. Soon after we, we joined the EPC, I began teaching the Westminster Shorter Catechism at our church. That's when all of this began. I began to develop one lesson for each question. Soon after that, I realized that was a big task. But I kept on going, and it was very enriching to me and to those uh, taking the class. At the same time, my daughter was learning the children's catechism. So from the very beginning, I began to develop this for my daughter, as well as the church, and for the church, as well as my daughter. We are a one-child one family. And through my daughter, uh, I think that God has been teaching me that I must love the church as I love my daughter. So little by little, I began to write this at the beginning for Genesis Presbyterian Church. But little by little, um, as I began to realize that it was coming together, I realized that I needed to share it with the larger church. Mm. And that's, uh, that's what uh, eventually happened. I shared it with Presbytery now. And it just, I don't want to say it coincided, but by God's providence, the same 
day that I was being installed is when I presented it as well. And that day you were there as well. And now we're here. <laughs> we have a growing number of Spanish-speaking congregations or bilingual congregations, and it's happening really across the country, Hector. And we're at the Office of the General Assembly. We have been slowly converting a lot of our documents into Spanish, but we're looking for a resource, a company that can help us do that, hopefully into Korean and into any other language, maybe even Farsi if we end up with Afghan population. Whatever is necessary for people to be able to take our leadership training guide, our, our book of order, whatever it might be, the Westminster Confession, and be able to read it in their own language in addition to the Bible. This is such a great resource because you're, you're pastorally, devotionally, but, but with a great deal of substance, taking us through the shorter catechism of the Westminster Confession of Faith, and you're doing so in English and in Spanish. And I mean, obviously, that comes from a place of deep personal resonance for you. But tell us what led you to create this resource as, as a bilingual gift to the church. Well, where I am in Mercedes, we are really a, a bilingual community. Our church is bilingual. The community is bilingual. Some people speak only one language, whether it's English or Spanish. But a great number is bilingual. And also, uh, as I mentioned before, I, I wanted to as a tool to teach my daughter, also to teach her, uh, continue to teach her Spanish. So in order to minister here where we are in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, the material needs to be bilingual for our church and for our community. And then thinking beyond our church, the need for bilingual material is very, very important, very, uh, very strong in Texas, California, and pretty much all over the nation. So I think uh, it can contribute to the ministry of a church. I try to develop it in such a way that it can be studied at home individually by oneself without a pastor, let's say. Although a pastor is, is really needed. But if there is no pastor, a person can study it by themselves. And I'm saying that as far as relating it to being bilingual, I know that many churches are not bilingual. They're just uh, monolingual. But all of a sudden, somebody comes that speaks Spanish only, so they can give them this material, even if they do not speak the language. Yeah, that's the thing I love about it, Hector, is I'm looking, for example, at chapter two right now, Adam, you, and the covenant of works. And, you know, you start off with kind of an opening encouragement. And, you know, the paragraph is in English, and then there's a paragraph below it in, in Spanish. So if, if my congregation was only English speaking, I, I have the English right there and I can skip over the Spanish. <laughs> but yeah. if someone comes into my congregation who is Spanish speaking, rather than trying to get them a second resource, I have it right there and I can hand that to them, whether it's, and I find the memory verse really helpful. I appreciate you doing that. I think we can't memorize scripture enough. And you put that right up front in each chapter. And then, you know, your, your points, and I think in this chapter, you have six summary points for people to consider as they get into that next section of, of the shorter catechism. You have the six points in English, and then the next two pages are six, the same six points in Spanish. It, it's kind of like these days, if I get directions uh, for anything, I get them in English, and I get them uh, frequently in Spanish or French. 
And it doesn't inhibit me one way or another that the additional languages are there. It's just a terrific resource because if, if you happen to be Spanish speaking, it's there. If you're English speaking, it's there. And if uh, your congregation like yours is multilingual, then everybody is literally looking at the same resource at the same time. And that puts us all together on the same page, if you will. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, and I appreciate the fact that you've taken us back to our, our confessional standards uh, and really given us a practical device where I think you've helped to make the Westminster Shorter Catechism very, very accessible and available to people, even at kind of a devotional level. And I think that's a, a huge gift to the church. So thank you. I am honored to present this to the church, and I hope uh, it blesses the church. Part of the reason why I'm doing this is because I think that believers are bombarded with so much anti-biblical teachings, whether we're watching TV, watching a movie, just reading or listening to the news. We are bombarded. But what I'm doing is just bringing us back to the basics of our faith and the foundation of our faith. It's a gift to the church, Hector. And I, you know, as the stated clerk, I just want to thank you for this labor of love on behalf of the EPC and uh, this kind gift of yours to the church. Uh, I just want you to know, I think the Lord is going to really use it to bless people. Amen. Amen. In closing, Hector, could you tell us a little bit about Genesis? Tell us a little bit about uh, the congregation that God has called you to serve and how we can pray for you. When we left our former denomination, we left our building behind, we left our cemetery, we left our three acres of land that we had across the expressway, and all, all our financial assets. Since then, we've uh, been trying to, to build, and we're finally, we have finally have all of our plans ready. We turned them into the city in September of 2021, and since then, we've been going back and forth. They revived them, and they want us to do updates and upgrades and this and that and the other. We should be getting to the, the end of it soon and begin a construction of a, of a church or facilities. And we just ask for your prayers on that. Right now, we're currently meeting at our land. Uh, we meet there every Sunday uh, and also through video. Some, some people show up and some people watch it on video. And we hope to have a, a church place, a church building, hopefully soon. We will join you in prayers for that. And I'm guessing that if those who are listening uh, decided they wanted to contribute financially, you wouldn't, you wouldn't turn them away, would you? No way. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> if they were to do that, uh, Hector, how would, let's say a church were to take up a, a benevolence offering uh, during Lent and was looking for a great way to invest it in kingdom work. And they said, you know, uh, I heard that pastor from Genesis Church, and I really, our church would like to contribute. H how might they do that? Do you have any suggestions for us? You can send us a check. We also uh, use PayPal and Cash App. Cash App. Or you can look me up on Facebook or look our church up on Facebook or call our presbytery or call you. Um, the name of our church is Genesis Presbyterian Church. My email is hectorreynoso at sbcglobal.net. Thank you. All right, my brother. It has been good to visit with you today. Perhaps uh, we'll have you back in the future to hear more about how Lord is working 
through Genesis, but uh, I want to encourage all of our listeners, perhaps your congregation is in a bilingual community or you're just looking for a good devotional resource to help your congregation in their family discipleship, uh, particularly around uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, a Walking with Jesus Family Discipleship by Hector Reynoso, teaching elder at the Genesis Presbyterian Church in Mercedes, Texas. And he has been our guest today, and it's just been a delight to have you, brother. Muchas gracias. God bless you. Thank you. So, my friends, I want to remind you in closing, as we always do, to take us back to the Word of God. It is the Benedictus. The good word is from God's Word. And as always, we close with Colossians 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, for he is the head of the body, the church. To his glory and praise alone, my friends, until the next time, grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.